You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning. Happy New Year, everyone. Oh my goodness, I I can't believe we're saying New Year already. But yes, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, You know, uh, we have that song, Ben. It just just reminded me of that song, Ben. The the song goes, I'm alive, I'm alive because he lives. Welcome to the Fully Alive radio program of the Archdiocese of Chicago. This is the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity um, monthly show that we have here. I'm not alone here. My my name, your host right now, is uh, Raymond Pingoy. I almost forgot my name. <laughs> Raymond Pingoy. And I'm joined in. It's a full house. I'm joined in by Father James Hyde. He's at uh, St. Stephen King of Hungary Parish in Chicago. Uh, he's also the pro-life missions delegate of the Archdiocese of Chicago. Also here... Again, it's a full house. Also here is Bob Gilligan, Executive Director of the Catholic Conference of Illinois. Good morning. Happy New Year, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. Happy New Year. Great there's, to be here. There's, right. a, there's a lot to talk about here. Uh, that we, we're, we're in celebration. We're in celebration. But at the same time, I don't know if you guys are uh, these type of guys, uh, you know, New Year's resolution. Are you, are you one of those guys that keep the New Year's resolution? I, I do. I usually you try do? to do something. Okay. Yeah. Same, yeah. same. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I try to, and then I kind of check myself come, you know, March. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> am I keeping up with that? <laughs> How about you, Father Jim? Are you a New Year's resolution kind of guy? I do. I, 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 I you know, ha- hope to accomplish something or other, and I, I set a goal, and I hope to accomplish that, yeah. So. Yeah. This I mean again. This is a reminder of uh, uh, being fully alive. Our invitation to uh, fully live this life. We're going to talk about some life issues happening. Uh, Bob is here to give us kind of kind of giving us a, an update, um, and then we we'll take this conversation and and talk about you know our posture. How do we how do we prepare? What what do we take? On for this coming year, I can't believe it. Twenty twenty four. Here we are, right? So um, let's let's dive in, Bob. Uh, what's what's going on over there in your world? Um, there's a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know twenty twenty four now. Uh, yeah. There's this little event that's going to happen in a couple months. It's called a, a national election. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is going to generally. Uh, Influence just about everything that's in my world, uh, good, bad, and indifferent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, there's this other branch of government, the Supreme Court, that's going to have oh a tiny little case that has to do with uh, the looking at the legality and the future of, of providing chemical abortions, which are so wow. prevalent right now. Yeah. Um, and here in Illinois, you know, we're going to be looking at legislation at the legislative branch. We're going to be looking at. Um, uh, assisted suicide and mm-hmm. enacting legislation there. So we have. There's going to be a lot going on in, in our world. There always is, but uh, I think this year is going to be really busy. Mm. My goodness, you started us off with a lot of bad news. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, this is the reality of it. And at the same time, and I hate to say this, at the same time, am I surprised that you know we we kind of saw it kind of inching inching forward? But as you said, this this year's is going to be a, a, a tough, dark year. It's a challenge. Um, you know, it's really a challenge to us to see how much we can um, live by our gospel values mm. to influence the culture and, you know, our families and our friends and those around us yeah. about the value of human life from, from conception to natural death. It's something that's not really embraced in the mainstream media. It's not something that's embraced yeah. in the culture, I would say. I think we're, we're not doing particularly well. Um, I think what you're going to see uh, is that um, – at the national level, yeah. uh, the Democratic Party in particular, I think, has stumbled across something that I don't think they anticipated when Dobbs was mm. was decided, and that is 
how successful they have been with uh, statewide initiatives, um, putting in the Constitution the right to abortion and things like that. Uh, I think we're going to see more of that. You know, last year we saw Ohio, um, Mm -hmm. which is considered to be, you know, a fairly moderate to to Mm -hmm. conservative state and has strong laws protecting the unborn. And when it went to a vote of the people, um, I think that what we see is um, politically there's so much money on the other side. They can influence the debate so um, skillfully. And it, it really is a challenge for people who espouse that the unborn should be protected in the law. And we've seen, you know, in six or seven states now, uh, not going swimmingly well, we've lost. I don't think there's one statewide initiative where the quote-unquote pro-life side is one. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I think what you're going to see you're already hearing talk in states like Nevada, yeah. which could be a, you know, a, a bellwether state could go either way in the national election. There's talk about putting uh, an initiative on the ballot there. There's talk of doing it in Florida because I think what the Democratic Party in particular has realized is that this can increase voter turnout. And as we know, that's mm, how you yes. win elections. So I think we're going to see more and more of that. Um, I think in Illinois there's a good chance that we'll see a constitutional right to abortion um, on the ballot in Illinois. Now, obviously, in Illinois, we have um, in the state house, there's 118 members. Yep. There's 78 Democrats. Um, they have a super majority. Mm-hmm. And in the Senate, uh, there's a super majority there. There's 59 state senators and there's 40 Democrats. But, you know, they, the parties don't take anything to chance when it comes to elections. So they're trying to win. Yep. And they think this is something that drives voter turnout. Um, our governor, there's no secret, has created a, a national pact mm-hmm. where he is funding uh, pro-abortion activities all over the country. And, you know, it's, as I said, this is a a federal national election year. Um, the polls are, are indicating that President Biden is not very strong. Um, many Democrats don't even want to see him as their nominee come mm-hmm. uh, the later in the year. And so the governor has positioned himself, our governor has positioned himself to be one of the people who might find mm. himself as the Democratic nominee. And he is playing that well politically. And obviously, I think the other one that we hear about a lot is the governor of California, uh, Gavin Newsom. So going back to the abortion question, I think we see a lot of political activity here. Um, And it's, it's difficult for those of us that are trying to protect the unborn child because I think what's gone on in our culture recently, I think we've seen this really since Dobbs, is we've seen exposure of this ethic that's out there, this way of thinking that is dangerous for us, which is that I think many people will say in public opinion polls that they don't believe in abortion, they don't like it, they, right. they don't encourage it. But yet on the other hand, they won't vote or they won't support policies mm. that would deny this for another person. So I think what you got going on in the United States right now is this prevailing attitude that I wouldn't do it, I don't think it's good. But I don't want to deny the next person the possibility that they may avail of themselves, however bad I think it might be for them. Um, And I think right now we are losing the the battle in the the media and in the culture that says that, no, we have an obligation – that there's objective truth, there's right and wrong here, and we shouldn't be engaging in that. Neither you nor the next person should be engaging in that. And I think that's what's going on here. And once you get to a question of rights and whose rights win and prevail Mm -hmm. under the moniker of women's rights or reproductive rights, um, we're having a tough time cutting through that right now. Uh, And we need to get better at our arguments. We need to get better at all that. Yeah, and and, you know, I'm... uh I'd, I'd like to label myself as a as a young person, and I I never <laughs> saw that Roe v. Wade would ever be overturned during my lifetime. I didn't think and so, and I'm either. still celebrating it. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. to your point, you know, it kind of it, it stirred the pot, and, uh, and and now here we are. It's a it's a yes. I I'm still celebrating the overturning of Roe v. Wade, but at the same time, the battle is is not over. No, and it's yeah. Now, the good news in what I've just said, believe yeah. it or not, there is, a, there is an upside mm. of this, is that in the states where we have robust laws that have been – that have held uh, in Texas and some of the southern states is we've seen the number of abortions decline precipitously yes. in those states. Lives changed. So, yeah, you know, saved. maybe we're losing right now politically at these states and we, we cannot continue to lose that way. But my point is I think the good news in this is that uh, – you know, now obviously – 
some of those women are going to New Mexico and other states where you can procure an abortion. But I do think net net there is there is life being saved out there, Amen. and we should be treasuring that value that we should think of though is what are those public policy arguments that persuade more states to to not engage in those statewide amendments and more importantly though i I think getting and this is sort of um Uh, what's the word i'm looking for this is not this kind of goes against maybe my job my obligation but i think for all of us that are watching and listening this is like how do we change the culture i mean i'm yeah. my job is to focus on the law and the legislators and and we do that but if we don't have the laity and and not even the catholic laity necessarily but all laity espousing policies that protect mm-hmm. the unborn no matter how good, bad, or indifferent I am at my job, it's not going to matter. So we have to change the culture and we have to change people's attitudes and their hearts and minds because at the end of the day, that's what this is about. It's not about lobbying. It's not about persuading some lawmaker. The the lawmaker is looking at what registers in their district um, and who the political force is behind that. Yeah, I mean the the, uh, the the debates, the conversations that's happening around our dinner table. Yeah, it's important. It's important. I think to to your point as well, though, that uh, we need to start informing. We need to start educating ourselves in engaging in these conversations. And and that whole notion of well, you know, I, I, this is what I believe, but. You can do whatever you want. That, that needs to change in a sense, too. I mean, I, I get it. We need to be compassionate to the other, but at the same time, firm with the truth. You yeah. know, I think that's I think that's a a skill that uh, you know, <laughs> guilty as such. All of us need to start learning. Right. right? Exactly. Firm yeah. with the truth in it. In right. That. Uh, and uh, my my focus in in the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity is is the Respect Life Ministry. And uh, I, you know, I when when I started, goodness, fourteen years ago, when mm-hmm. I started fourteen years ago, I was a chastity ed guy, uh, going around different schools, different parishes, talking about chastity, ta- changing hearts and minds. In this, uh, Cardinal George was the one that established, started that beautiful chastity education initiative under the Respect Life Ministry. And he say, he's, he, was, he was saying he saw that we were praying in front of abortion clinics and we were, you know, we had our rosary in, in hand. But he saw, this was 2003, he saw that, you know what, we're, we're getting them too late. Yeah, it's true. And, uh, and, and um, that's one big reason why he establishes Chastity Education Initiative. Now that I'm, I've, I've grown older, I'm, I'm getting some grace. <laughs> I'm getting some grace. I, I'm seeing that, uh, you know, now my vocation as a father is doubly important, or at least the way I mm-hmm. see now. I mean, it is. It, we, I need to start talking about this to my young kids. Uh, not uh, again. It, it starts with knowing who you are. The whole the chastity message, right? Growing in in virtue, but really speaking the truth and being firm with that truth. And you know, you bring up a very good point, and it all starts in the family. Yeah. And and we've seen attacks on the family yeah. recently. Uh, the 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 family as we we've known it in the past now is, is changing. Yeah. Um, and we've seen especially, you know, the role of fathers change and I think be weakened many times. And that has having an impact. Um, it has an impact on a child's uh, perception of what I said before, right. what is right and what is wrong. Objective yeah. truth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we have the facts on our side. We do. Amen. Uh, yes. Which is that, you know, even when we don't argue this from a religious sense, we argue this from a scientific sense that the fact of the matter is that an unborn child is is have it is alive, um, and I, but we we have to get better at translating that into arguments that resonate in the culture. I couldn't help but thinking of this is a very high profile case right now. Mm. I, I can't remember. She's in Texas. The woman in Texas mm. who um, has the uh, child that has what is it? Try something. The the in in uterus that the child has the. Uh, is is not going to survive. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the thing. It's tri, trisomene eighteen, is something like that. Yeah, I can't remember it. But anyway, she wants an abortion in Texas, and they won't permit it, so she's going to have to go out of state. And the 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 child in her womb is is twenty one weeks along. Mm. And, you know, I just happened to stumble across the video that uh, the doctor, uh, one that does a lot of the pro-life videos, did the other day. And he went through, what is the abortion proceeding at 21 weeks? What is that like? Mm -hmm. And I won't go into the details here, but it's barbaric. I mean, it's just simply barbaric. And when we hear people protesting that this is a woman's right and the child's right, we we neglect that that 
we are looking at the child yeah. and, and we seem to be glossing over that and just concerned yeah. about the person in front of us when we don't recognize fully that there are two people and not one. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to recognize life when you, d- you don't see it in front mm-hmm. of you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Father Jim, I, I know uh, you hold a lot of history in this Respect Life uh, ministry, in this Respect Life movement, in the Archdiocese of Chicago. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure you've, you're seeing some different things now in our culture. Any, anything in mind that you want to highlight and kind of um, encouraging, or maybe an encouraging word from you about you know, our, our stance, our, our posture now? In this culture, well, what struck me, and I appreciate uh, Bob's analysis and insights. That's really well said, and, and made me think of a number of things. Exactly, changing the culture, and yeah. even before the law, and uh, given our number of decades now since the call of the gospel, you know, the gospel of life, we've really tried to change the culture. And uh, you think of all the pro-life initiatives over the years, and some have been more successful than others, but. Um, but, you know, we continue to do what we can with the law and to, to make it more pro-life and, and such to protect human life. But we've been really, you know, through our preaching and through church structures trying to give good example. And um, and it's it's that changing the culture. So I, I agree with what, um, you know, I reiterate what Bob is saying. And I think we have to redouble our efforts, um, you know, again and again. And perhaps it's, you know, um, there was that case of Indy Gregory the child who was taken off life support in the UK. And the father remarked that he wasn't baptized, nor was the child, but they had the child baptized, and the father would eventually get baptized. But it was just, you know, taking the child off against the parents' wishes um, for health care, and that led to the death of the child that the father saw. Gosh, there's such darkness. And does there have to be such darkness in our culture and a, a you know, a falling of, you know, look look what's going on with the violence in society. It's, it's spilling out, you know, uh, in, into, uh, into the streets and with the lack of civility that, you know, the culture of death is here. So does it have to get so dark that finally people will wake up? We've been encouraging them to be, be good Christians. The Pope talks about, you know, good mission disciples. And we, we have to do that. Uh, and then from that, we, we're faithful citizens. We get involved with the culture and in our, in our, our civic responsibilities, and we make a better culture. Uh, but does the darkness have to – my point is, does the darkness have to get so bad? Mm. And this father of uh, Mr. Gregory, in, in, of Indy's father, recognized that and sought baptism. So will that – you know, and that's happened before in human history. So I agree with Bob. We, we have to change the culture first, and we've been trying to do that here faithfully over the last few decades, you know, and we'll continue to try. And it doesn't stop, huh? You know, right. Again, we, we greet this new year, a happy new year, mm-hmm. and we're a people of, of, of hope, right? Uh, yes. But, but yeah, I mean, this is, uh, it's as you mentioned, Father, it's getting darker. Um, I, I think, though, we need to start educating ourselves. We need to start uh, engaging in, um, I mean, you said it, Bob, with looking up videos and mm-hmm. um not just and I, I all right, truth be told, I've been guilty of just scrolling. You know, sometimes <laughs> who but, does that? <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, it, it, we, I I need to. We all need to start uh, um, learning about our faith, uh, learning uh, about uh, these these cases, and and uh, standing firm. And it's 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 no longer that whole notion of you know what this is what I believe in. You're free to believe whatever you want to believe. Uh, let, let's um, let's have more of this uh, conversation. Uh, we're gonna take a, a quick break. Let's have more of this conversation about the pro-life movement. How life is a precious gift, especially as we receive it during this um, Christmas season and greeting this new year. We will be right back. By the power of His blood. Oh. Did you know that Catholic Charities accepts car donations? If you're ready to free up space in your garage and put a stop to all those expenses that go along with owning a car, we will gratefully accept your donation, whether the car is running or not. 
You choose a pickup time that is convenient for you and we will make the donation as easy as possible free of charge. You'll receive a charitable donation receipt as well. We accept all types of vehicles nationwide and you will know that your donation is made to Catholic Charities, an agency you can trust. To learn more about donating your car, call 877-786-4483. That's 877-786-4483. Thank you. I feel special. (laughs) I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. Our school communities provide students with academic excellence and character education in a supportive and stable learning environment. Come see for yourself. Visit artchicago.org slash findaschool. At Catholic Charities, we want to remind you that we are here for anyone who is a victim of domestic violence or anyone who has a concern about someone they think may be a victim. Domestic violence affects millions of people each year, both women and men, of every race, religion, culture, and economic status. It includes physical, psychological, and emotional abuse inflicted in both subtle and overt ways. The impact on children can be devastating. If you or someone you know are victims of domestic violence and you are looking for a place for healing and recovery, call us at 773-935-3434 in Cook County and 224-430-4977 in Lake County. A safer, happier tomorrow can begin today. I was dead in the covered in sin and shame I heard mercy call my name Welcome back to the Fully Alive radio program a radio program under the Office of Human Dignity and Solidarity um, This we're joined in by Bob Gilligan here and Father James Hyde and we're talking about life we're talking about uh the many things that's happening in our state right now. Uh, a lot of bad news. Uh, Lord have mercy. A lot of bad news. But, uh, Bob, there's there's some good news to be shared as well. Yeah, there's uh, some good and, news. And, you know, yeah. there's, there's some, some great things that, that's that's happening, especially for our Women's Center. Yep. You know, and, and a lot of these um, organizations, a lot of these uh, facilities are, are helping uh, these women in need. Um, please do share about that, the SB 1909. Yeah, one of the things we talked about on these airways many times was uh, Senate Bill 1909. And, you know, we talked about, like, changing the culture and, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and how to do that. Well, one of the bright lights that's out there that, that really does not get a lot of attention are the, is the incredible work that uh, crisis help centers are having, yes. crisis pregnancy centers. They're known by a couple different names. I don't want to – I know in Chicagoland, you know, Aid for Women is very active. They are opening up another office. Mm-hmm. I mean, Beautiful. they are doing very well thanks to the – <laughs> very generous uh, contributions of, of donors out there. Uh, Women's Center is another one who is do, doing great work. There's many across the state. And this really irks mm. the pro-abortion side mm. yeah. because what you see with crisis pregnancy centers is that women in need, uh, sometimes they're looking for abortion and somebody tells them of these centers or they just stumble across it or on the way to Planned Parenthood, somebody says to them, hey, would you like to get an ultrasound here? And they do and they see the ultrasound or they they're crisis pregnancy centers gives a line of hope and help to women who are in mm-hmm. crisis sometimes mm-hmm. oftentimes they're pregnant they don't know what to do they're scared they're alone right. and and these people are there and they, the people who work there are, are saints among us mm-hmm. and so you know anyway there's a number of them across the state of illinois and as i said you know the pro-abortion side does not like these centers they don't like the you got a target on their backs yeah. yeah and they're because they are saving lives um, 
So what happened last session is that the Attorney General, Kwame Rule, he helped draft legislation that was put forth in the legislature. It was called the Deceptive Practices Act. And mm-hmm. what they were alleging is that um, those who work and by their very nature, sidewalk counselors, they argue, um, engage in deceptive practices mm-hmm. in order to get women into these centers to help save their unborn child. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, many people listen to this would say, well, isn't the value of an unborn child worth more than a deceptive practice? Well, under the law, no, it's not. I mean, <laughs> I do think, you, you know, you can't lie to people and, course, yeah. and crisis pregnancy centers do not lie to people. They fully inform them of their options. Right. And in the process of fully informing somebody of their options, they'll tell you option A in keeping your child is better than any other option we'll go through. Right. But by the way, yeah. you do have an option. of. So anyway, what the attorney general said is that um, any uh, crisis pregnancy center is engaged in a deceptive practice. And deceptive practice was so broadly defined. For example, mm. in the text of the bill, it said in the findings section that um, it is a fact that uh, having an abortion, having uh, a child is mm. 14 times more risky uh, than having uh, an, an abortion. So having a child wow. is 14, 14 times time more one. risky than having an abortion. Well, they got that from some study that was out there that somebody did this study. I don't remember the study. But there's been a number of studies that refuted that study. In the finding section, it said that. Mm-hmm. So if a crisis pregnancy center says that no, having a child is not more risky than having an abortion, yeah. you could be subject to a f- an investigation, yeah. which if let found to uh, against you, could result in a, a fine of up to fifty thousand wow. dollars. Mm. Now, many of these centers don't have fifty thousand dollars; they're running on a shoestring. Mm. Um, they're running on very marginal bu- budgets, and this would have just been an attempt to shut these crisis pregnancy centers down. So. This is one of the issues that I'm very proud to say what we did in Springfield on this. We were not successful. The bill did pass. Um, But what we were able to do is we work with the Thomas More Society. Mm -hmm. And in every time we had some very beautiful, credible women who testified on behalf of crisis pregnancy centers. They were very articulate. They were very passionate. Um, very proud to be on their side. Yeah. They stood in front of a very hostile committee on both imagine. the House and the Senate, yeah. and they mm-hmm. told what they do. And they were very persuasive, although they didn't carry the day. Um, they, the bill passed by the margins you would expect it to mm-hmm. pass by. Mm-hmm. So what we were able to do, though, is we worked um, with others to generate questions um, that committee members would ask yeah. that were favorable to our side to get And those questions were designed to be directed at the attorney general's office or the proponents of the bill. And that elicited a lot of information. Mm. They had to answer those questions in a public forum. So we used that information that was gathered in a public hearing. And Thomas More, uh, they were working diligently throughout this entire process. And the the day after the governor signed that bill, they filed a case mm-hmm. in federal court up in uh, up in Winnebago County um, saying that this should be thrown out mm-hmm. because it violates your First Amendment rights. And it's um, – I forgot the term off the top of my head. But basically they're saying is there's a set of laws and there's a set of rules that apply to crisis pregnancy centers. Right. And then there's a different set of laws that apply yeah. to Planned Parenthood and others because you're carving out under the Deceptive Practices Act – um, something that just applies to this selective institu- this selective um, uh, crisis pregnancy centers. Mm. So that went to court. Um, they argued the case uh, back in June, I believe it was. Mm. And um, the good news mm-hmm. is that uh, the judge came out and in his decision, um, there was some a little bit of case law on this too, because you may recall that years ago, mm. uh, the uh, U.S. Supreme Court had a similar case. It was called NIFLA uh, Mm. versus Becerra. NIFLA is an association of crisis pregnancy centers. Mm -hmm. Becerra was the attorney general of the United States Mm -hmm. at the time. Um, And that was litigated as well, which came out in our favor. As a matter of fact, I think it was the last case that Justice Kennedy had decided. And Kennedy wrote the opinion. And one of the first (laughs) sentences, if you read that opinion, said, he says, I would strongly urge Mm. those who brought this this legislation before us to read the First Amendment of the United Mm, States. Because it has in this clause something called the right of free speech and the right of religion. 
these priceless pregnancy centers should be allowed to say what they believe according right. to their faith. So the case was decided, I think it was unanimous decision on the Supreme Court oh. in favor of the crisis wow. pregnancy yeah, centers. That was a couple years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now fast forward to this legislation that yeah. is very similar in nature to Nifla versus Becerra. Mm-hmm. The judge, Judge Donson, in his ruling, <laughs> I, I don't read many court cases, <laughs> but in the court decision, he determined that this that this case was, he said to the other side that uh, the legislation was stupid. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> and in his decision, he said that this is ridiculous, and yeah. there is a First Amendment in the United States, <laughs> and there's also a free, amem- free speech clause. Yeah. And he ruled also that this thing should go away. And That's incredible. it was a pretty emphatic decision. Yeah. So, therefore, now, nevertheless, it's just one judge's decision. Mm-hmm. There is a chance to appeal that decision, and most times when people have unlimited sums of money, as the state <laughs> does, they appeal it. Okay. Well, even in Illinois, even despite the governor's braggadocia about this after mm-hmm. the after the judge's decision about we're going to appeal this, we're going to take this to the fullest extent of the law, um, on further review, uh, he and the attorney general both decided, you know, maybe this one isn't worth it. Really? And so they okay. put out a statement recently yeah. that said, you know, we are not going to appeal this. We are going to live with the judge's decision. Wow. And this, in essence, that this law is still on the books, yes. but it will not be enfor- – it cannot and will not be enforced oh, according to the, the – according to the judge's ruling. So that is a ruling. And, you know, you talk about like the culture and how we Mm -hmm. need to build upon this. We really need, my point is that Mm -hmm. the wonderful works that crisis pregnancy centers do should be supported both financially Mm -hmm. and with our prayers because these people are out in the vineyards. They're out in the fields. They're the ones that are really reaching women and saving lives. And they have incredible stories to tell. Mm -hmm. And if we could just go get those stories out, maybe we can enlighten others. Um, And I think both of you have been to the Aid for Women dinner every yeah. year they do you know yes, and they yeah, show those year. videos yeah. of these women yeah. and they stand up there and they say sure. thanks to you you know here's my nice. daughter or here's my son and without you this person wouldn't be in the world so it's it's an incredible heartwarming thing and so that's the point of light i think yes. we need to look at amen yeah. i think of the baby bottle project yeah, over, right. yeah, yes. over the years you know where uh, in our church we collect funds for these uh, centers and in that way we alert our people that they're part of this project to welcome life and to help women in need. And uh, it's very successful because it's so pro-woman. And I think of the Gianna clinics, for instance, uh, that that are getting, you know, taking off. And it has a wonderful the- theology and pastoral work uh, un- uh, inspired by the life and example of Dr. Gianna Mola, who, who um, died <clears throat> in Italy, and she's a saint. So... Uh, the church is so involved with this, and hopefully it'll change the culture. And you know, and any you know improper legislation or law—it's an embarrassment to attack these places. It's just uh, a disgrace. So, and, uh, this is this is amazing. Yeah. This is amazing stuff. And uh, you know, we, we've uh, in the Respect Life Ministry, we've come across a lot of these parishes that's. Mm-hmm. That's looking for something to do. Walking uh, with moms. Walking and with me. moms right. and me. The yeah. USCCB has yeah. has uh, uh, pushed and encouraged all our parishes to start doing this. Yeah. We're gonna uh, we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, let's talk more about that. Maybe uh, some encouragement, some steps for these parishes, these uh, organizations, individuals to to get involved. We'll be right back with more fully alive. One of the things I want to talk about too is like assisted. Catholic Charities Family Self-Sufficiency Program has assisted thousands of single parents who are working to become more self-sufficient through education and employment opportunities. Our experienced case managers accompany participants for up to five years on their journey to identify, address, and break down barriers to improving their quality of life and achieving meaningful goals for themselves and for their families. Professional, compassionate assistance is offered in a safe and trusting environment as participants develop the skills needed to become financially stable and able to support themselves. Every achievement starts with its decision to try. To learn more about Catholic Charities Family Self-Sufficiency Program, call 847-782-4233 or visit catholiccharities.net. I am a seminarian. 
The church needs compassionate and well-trained priests to help guide each of us through life. What inspires me, what draws me always to the priesthood is continue to see priests be a beacon of hope for other people. You can play a part in the education of these young men as they prepare for a life of service to others. I want to be that beacon of hope too, and it's, it sets my heart on fire. To support our seminarians, make your gift at archchicago.org slash seminarian fund or call 312-534-7959. The cemetery ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Good morning and Happy New Year. Merry Christmas to all. Uh, we were just talking about the, uh, hope, the hopefully staying put, the shutting down of SB 1909. And it's, it's, it's with uh, great hope that it does remain that way. Uh, but uh, this great work also uh, with the, these uh, crisis, crisis pregnancy centers out there. Uh, the USCCB started this whole initiative back in lockdown days uh, but you know it's still fully alive it's still you know being pushed it's it's a great movement if you are a parish that's interested in starting this up and, and learning more about it call the office of the Respect Life Ministry 312-534-8294 Bob is there any other ways that you know a lot of these parishes can connect uh, connect with these women centers with these uh, crisis pregnancy centers in their you know neighborhood local community area that'd be a great thing any other ways that they can support these these moms that are in need um yeah i think father jim mentioned that baby bottle connection yeah. collection is is a great way that's what that's for that's what that goes for maybe we don't do a good enough job of explaining exactly mm. where that money goes and that kind of thing i mean i know they make reference to it but you know i just ask people to be more kind of in tune the next time there's a baby bottle collection because there's they usually go to either aid for women or women's center um just to be more incl inclined maybe to to look up what those what those places do mm -hmm. um they could always use your financial support i i was on the board of aid for women i can tell you uh mm. every dollar you give goes to <laughs> serving moms in need mm -hmm. uh it is the most lean mean, efficient organization, and I'm sure Women's Center is, is the same. So I would just encourage people to give to those organizations. Um, they're, they're very uh, heartwarming. You know, that's, that's how you can support a, 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 a woman in need. Mm. Yes, yeah. We did that at one of the Marches for Life a number of years ago where uh, I went to Aid for Women, and I said, well, could, could you come to and give some talks and be at a Mass? at uh, Holy Angels at the time, uh, at, where the f great Father Clements was the pastor. And the pastor readily agreed. And so before the march, we promoted uh, Aid for Women, uh, raised some funds, and then we invited parishioners to walk behind a banner at the March for Life downtown. And this was uh, because Aid for Women um, in that part of the city helping a number of, uh, you know, the African-American community because there was uh, a, a real need. So uh, what a great way to connect with the parish and then inspiring people to come to the march and standing for life in, in that particular community. So any, any way we can continue, we just, uh, I know we've made multiple, so many efforts over the years and we'll continue to do so. And hopefully this will, you know, bring a spark into people's hearts to, to get more involved, you know. 
mean, this is the this yeah. is a topic at hand, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, life is a precious gift, yes. and uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. we don't see it. We don't orga- uh, we don't uh, uh, recognize it. That, uh, but but we need to start. We need to start somewhere. Uh, and and I, I want to encourage all our listeners to you know to to uh, learn more about uh, this beautiful and great movement. Join this beautiful and great movement, uh, respecting life. From the moment of conception until natural death, this is uh, kind of a transition, Bob. Regarding the you know these these laws also that's being and you mentioned it in the very beginning of the show these laws that's uh, being pushed uh, in our states uh, and this uh, physician assisted suicide. Yeah, it looks like Illinois is going to be facing legislation to legalize assisted yeah. suicide. Um, this is brought by uh, an organization called Compassion Insurances that is very well funded. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a national organization. It is now unfortunately legal in about eight or nine states, some through to initiatives, some due to legislation, oh, some due course. to court action. Um, they're looking at Illinois because of, well, the politics of the state. Yeah. You know, they think this is one that they can pick up. Um, and so the American Civil Liberties Union and ACLU is also very involved with this. And, you know, it's an ins- it's really uh, – I- I've spent a little bit of time uh, looking into this. And by the way, there's a group called Physicians Against Assisted Suicide that is mm-hmm. formed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you want more information about that group or about a coalition that is formed, um, go to StopAssistedSuicideIllinois.org. Mm-hmm. One word, StopAssistedSuicideIllinois.org. So the coalition is basically um, us, the Catholic groups, um, some hospitals, Catholic hospitals. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, – participation of, of a couple docs. A lot of docs, doctors are very mm. concerned about this, as well as um, the disabled community. Many mm-hmm. in the disabled community are fearful mm-hmm. of legislation to enact assisted suicide because they are the most vulnerable. Um, mm-hmm. People who have uh, disparate health care um, delivery systems, the minorities, the poor, are very concerned about yeah. legislation and access to suicide. Um, I'd highly encourage anybody who's interested in this topic, look at what's going on in, in Oregon or yeah. in Canada. Uh, Belgium is Belgium. legalized it as well. Yeah. Um, Canada is a total disaster when it comes to mm-hmm. this. They mm-hmm. have done this years ago um, in terms of where – what, what is going to happen, I'll tell you what's going to happen, is that when they pass this, they're going to say, oh, I know all you guys are fear-mongering and we have all these safeguards in place. And don't worry because all these safeguards will prevent the type of abuse that you are alleging will occur. And I'm telling you, in every single state every single where state. this is passed, those safeguards over time go mm-hmm. melting away. Mm-hmm. And what I'm talking about is this, residency requirements. We'll have to be a resident of the state of Illinois. Three states – Two states have already done it. I think another state is considering it, reducing the residency requirements. So you can be from any state and come to New mm-hmm. Jersey or wherever. Um, the number of hours needed mm-hmm. before you can um, – uh, t- you know, there's like a 15-day waiting period, period. before the time you – a doctor says you can do this and you actually get the pills. Well, they want to reduce that to 48 hours. Wow. All over the country, yeah. this is happening. There's a there's a number of, of initiatives that uh, we call it re- from the safeguards becoming – reducing – eliminating the safeguards so they become barriers is what they, what they will right. say. So, um, yeah, I, I mean if you think about it, um, it, when you look at what happened in Oregon uh, – they will mar- – what's going to happen in Illinois is compassion choices are going to come in and they have very emotional appealing arguments mm. about why this is needed. You don't want to suffer at the end of life. Who wants to suffer? Mm-hmm. Who wants to suffer at the end of life? Mm-hmm. No, nobody does. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is people need to know is that medicine today – is so advanced right. that mm-hmm. nobody has to suffer at the mm-hmm. end of life. Mm-hmm. Now, if they are, they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And that's where we have palliative care right. um, and, and, and hospice, hospice care, care to make sure that doesn't happen. So if that's the problem, that could be addressed. Right. So the need that they will come in and say, I don't want to suffer, is not a real need in order to change the law. So these abuses will ha- could mm-hmm. come, come into, the f- into, into the future, mm-hmm. number one. Number two, if you look at the reason why most people opt for assisted suicide, why they say they're going to do this, yeah. not, that, not that we're going to plead, what, what they actually said in Oregon is they don't want to lose their sense of autonomy. They don't want to be a burden on their family. Of course. Of nobody course. wants to lose right. their sense of autonomy. Nobody wants to be a burden on a family. But I'd ask. <clears throat> 
in the year 2023, in a prosperous mm. state like this, is that a reason that we would change the law that would allow you to take your own life? Right. I mean, yeah. that's, that, that's a problem. Yeah. Oftentimes you'll see people as they're starting to get up, the, the mental illness will start appearing, yeah. depression, yeah. Yeah. things yeah. like that. Yeah. That is treatable. Yeah. Yes. Right. This is not a reason to change the law to allow a situation, and this is what's happening, you have cases where doctors now are wanting to have treatment for their patients for whatever. And there's a doctor out of Nevada. His name is Brian McAllister. You can go to um, there's 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 video of our, uh, there's a, on our website that this website I just gave, and you will hear him talking about two cases where he had patients that wanted treatment. Mm -hmm. He was trying to get treatment for this patient, and. On two separate occasions, an insurance company came in and said, you know, have wow. you asked that patient whether they would like to have the option made available of, of assisted suicide? If you think about this question from an insurance company's perspective, where's the incentive right. if you're an insurance company? The is the money. incentive in the $30 pills mm. to kill yourself or is the incentive on providing a lot of treatment in order that somebody might be able to live a couple more lives without pain mm. and maybe – who knows? Be cured. The other thing I would bring up to in this in this case is that they say that this is for people who have been have di diagnosed cases of terminal illness. Both of you, mm -hmm. I'm sure, can give me examples of people who have been told they will have what mm -hmm. six months to live, right. a year mm -hmm. to live, mm -hmm. two years left, and what happened? Yeah, they, they go fire on kick the coverage, yes, right? Yes. And they're everywhere. Right. Yes. So, do you want to take your life being on some diagnosis mm -hmm. that oftentimes is wrong? The disabled community is the one I think is going to yeah. – they are out in front of this already. They're very concerned that because as time goes on, they have the less protection under the law. They're vulnerable and they feel that if this is going to be legalized and become accepted, that they would be the ones that would be also – that insurance company would say, you know, it's a lot of money to treat you. Right. Could we do this option? And finally – if you look at states where this has passed, where there's data, and oftentimes they don't want to collect data, but they did in Oregon when they passed this back in 1997, suicide right now is a huge problem in this country. Yes. Suicide writ large. We're over 50,000 a year. Lord mm. mercy. I'll bet you both of you think murder and homicide is a big problem. If I were to make you guess how many mm. people in the United States uh, die by murder versus suicide, I'm telling you, I think you'd get the numbers wrong. Mm. There's about 14,000, 15,000 murders in this country. There's over mm. 50,000 oh, suicides. Yeah. It's a huge problem. And what happens when the law makes something legal? When we legalize mm. something, do we get more of it or less of it? We're going to get more of it. Increase. Illinois just passed a bill. It's now you can die. If you are in, in – people should understand this. If there's somebody in your life that is looking at talking about harming themselves and killing themselves, you can dial 988. It's a suicide hotline. Mm -hmm. No matter where you are, they'll patch yeah. you into services, et cetera. This is a good idea. <laughs> yes, We're is. all for this. Yeah. We need more of this. We need more publicity of the 988. The same people who, by the way, yeah. are passed the law providing funds for the 988 number are the very same people that sense. are going to be espousing that we legalize assisted suicide. Mm. Makes It's like, where do we no, live? No. I, I, I don't know what to say. Once again, though, as we started this show yes. on abortion, this is the problem. M many lawmakers will look at it like this. It's a freedom and autonomy issue. The Catholic definition of freedom collides with the, with the definition of autonomy yes. that we have in society. Yes. We, lawmakers, unfortunately, many of them will look at this and say, well, okay, they want to kill themselves. Who am I to say they shouldn't? They say they're going to suffer. Okay, you mm. say they won't suffer, but we know people who have suffered. So how do I not – vote for legislation that would allow them to do what they want to do. It doesn't harm me. Yeah. Now, what I'm trying to make the argument is that, no, it does harm you yeah. because you're going to get more suicide and there's people who are vulnerable who are going to be And by the way, do you like insurance companies? Because they're going to be ruling the roost here. Mm -hmm. And there's people that are going to go for all – in Canada today, you will find examples of people who are homeless. Mm -hmm. They're depressed. Yes. They've given up. Yeah. You know yeah. what they want? They want to kill themselves. Mm. Is that the society we want to live in? When somebody who's homeless or has anorexia yeah. or has all sorts of ailments like that, depression that's treatable, we're going to society's mm. going to say, okay, we're going to treat it by allowing you to kill yourself. That's what we're, that's what we're looking at. And this is a tough argument to make yeah, in the is. public sphere. I mean, 
I know that you guys believe this, but you know it's really hard for the libertarians out there to say, no, no, we shouldn't. Why don't? Why can't we allow them to do it? And I'm telling you, it's going to be a really tough argument. What I've seen celebrating, uh, well, it's I don't know. I mean, celebrating is not the proper word to say, but I've had funerals of um, suicide victims and um, by their own hands. But the grief. you know, their family members, yeah. just the, the grief and the pain. So you're right, Bob, people are impacted uh, by these decisions. And can you imagine if it's state-sponsored or encouraged? Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, the insurance companies, we see it in other avenues where they're cutting back just regular care. Sure. Uh, so they're going to do mm-hmm. what they can, you know, the bottom line. And um, the dignity of the person is is pivotal for us. But uh, a number of years ago, we had the the Downs community, uh, mm-hmm. special needs. They came to the cathedral. We had a mass That's at right. the cathedral. And we had them serve um, and uh, greet people. And they are such a blessing for us. I mean, I mean and it impacted the, the churchgoers who came on that Sunday. And it coincided with yeah. the March for Life, which would be right after the mass. And it was, it was really um, – just uh, these are loving people. You you go to Misericordia. You, there's a yeah. restaurant there, <laughs> right. and the, 90% of them are targeted for abortion and the taking of their lives. So we saw that in you know Nazi Germany in the 30s uh, with the euthanasia laws. Cardinal von Gallen had to fight that um, because it was spreading and in the culture of death, even back in those days. So the, the one hopeful sign was the populace in Germany put an end to that. So hopefully, you know, given the fact that uh, family members and other loved ones, and you think of, you know, are impacted, but you think of also people need time at the end of their lives, you know, no matter how painful it is and the struggle is there's a chance to really love and put meaning to the end of your life, you know, to, to, to kind of make sense of the meaning of your life. You, you, you can, you know, repair some broken relationships, you know, the, the love is deeper among family members than in the vulnerability of the person suffering. So uh, our plea as a church is to, you know, stay the course, defend life and um, let that love and that care for the, the, the vulnerable stand out, you know, and be the mark mm-hmm. of our, our yeah. culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we, we're, we're all called to build up this culture of life, you know, and uh, uh, it's true, Bob, that you said it's uh, when when we're when we're kind of uh, having that position or that that posture of, you know, this is what I believe, but you're free to believe what you want to believe. It's it's it continues to feed that culture of death, you yeah. know, and, and, and uh, I think we need to start really talking about this as well, not just in the parish community. It, it starts in a dinner table um, in, in these conversations that we have with our close family, close friends. I mean, bad ideas have consequences. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They have consequences that we oftentimes don't realize that, you know, will come home. And so, you know, in our Western world in particular, with the, its a corpus of laws over the generations, yeah. tried and true, there's a reason, uh, you know, the building blocks of our civilization and this mm-hmm. radical individualism. Cardinal George would talk about, you know, a Hobbesian world, you know, Thomas Hobbes, the philosopher, mm. that it becomes a very nasty and brutish uh, existence once we all become autonomous beings and we don't care for each other and it's this radical individualism and we're seeing it before our very eyes played out so what do our people want I know uh, we, you know there's a struggle with faith issues in the church but um, maybe this is the time for the renaissance that we've been Amen. waiting for it, things yeah. have to get so bad that uh, Lord we, have we mercy. turn it around here we are you know yeah. and as as we started this show Happy New Year. Right? <laughs> Merry Christmas. It will be a good year. Yeah. Amen. A lot of and, good things. And yeah. then this is, this is we're at, at the brink of the, mm-hmm. the quote-unquote darkness. Yes. It's getting darker and darker. But at the same time, we're people of hope. Uh, maybe last right. words. Well, uh, like Bethlehem. Like Bethlehem. Right. It was shrouded in darkness. And Bethlehem today, the, the festivities won't be taking place this year because of the war. But the light still comes into, yeah. into the world. The truth is still there. God and it, did it, not it, abandon it, us. It he illuminates us. us you know, and inspires us. So, yeah. Yes. Uh, any, any wisdom, last words as we close this episode? Again, we greet this new year, New Year's resolution. For I, I'm still thinking about mine. <laughs> I'm still trying to see. But truly, uh, you know, that's uh, that's a calling to build up the culture of life. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't think it's really that complicated. Uh, mm. it, it, I think Father Jim started alluding to this, which is, you know, we're people of hope. We want to be positive. Uh, there is a lot of darkness out there. 
Um, there's precedent for this. There was this guy, Jesus Christ, who was around 2,000 years ago, and, and you know, he, he did what he could. He recruited 12 others, and they did what they could, and guess what? They, sometimes people didn't listen to them either. And, but, you know, they believed in, in grace and salvation, and they tried to do it, I think, in a much of as a uh, positive way as possible to see God's light in a shining way, and that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to say to people that, look, um, <laughs> killing yourself is not the way. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a better way, the dignity of the human person. They call it death through dignity. Well, we would call it death through dignity too. We have an entirely different definition of that. Mm-hmm. If you want true dignity, you don't kill your, take your life at your own hands. And I think we're lucky in some ways that we live in a time, once yeah. again, we should be grateful that we have the, the medical uh, technology and the capability of, of alleviating pain and suffering mm-hmm. such that people can live in their life. Is it easy? No, it's not always easy, but, you know, life is not easy. Um, And and I think the other side is painting this picture of like this peaceful death with music in the Mm -hmm. background and all that sort of thing. And that's that that is not reality. That's not reality either. Mm -hmm. Um, You know. Many people that are, are are prescribed these pills to kill themselves, they don't even use them. They're sitting in their in their dining room, wherever, in yeah. their in their um, in their bathroom, in their medicine cabinet, um, and it's that's just not the way we were designed to be. Deserve more, and I think we deserve more, yeah. right? And so I think what we're trying to say, Ray, is, is that you know we want to be positive. Um, messengers for the truth and do it in a, in a way that that we bring people to our to our vision of mm-hmm. what is a greater good. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not easy. I mean, we, you know, like you said, you know, just give me the the grace and the and the and the and the ability. Um, these are these are difficult things to do, but that's what we're called to do. That's the challenge. Here we go. Yeah. Um, but I think the challenge can be met if we just do it in the best way we can. And then, yeah, I think one of the things I've learned in this job is that you know, be humble because um, you're probably going to lose more than you win. <laughs> but that's okay. You know, you you let the Holy Spirit yeah. take care of the rest of that. Get back up and yeah. Continue. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate your work, uh, Bob. I've seen you in Springfield. I've seen you in, at the state capitol uh, going from office to office. <laughs> and so you, you're there articulating our message, the gospel message in the, you know, in the civic public uh, arena, and you're fighting the good fight. And uh, it's an inspiration and a witness to us priests well, and others. And hopefully in our parishes we'll you know, bring this back to our people and inspire them. And um, But, yeah, what other alternative ultimately do we have? Do we want to continue to muddle in the darkness and to see our dignity stripped away? It's not going to be simply marginalized. It will spread throughout society as we mm-hmm. see. So yeah. we are the people of light and hope. And Amen. That's what Jesus told us. So. Father, we got a good one minute left. Can you close us off with a prayer? Yes. Lord God, we are... And during this week of Gaudate um, Sunday, uh, Gaudate week, we're people of joy because we love we love you, Lord, and that gives us joy. And and amid amid the adversities and the struggles, and we know that surrounded Jesus Jesus's birth, but uh, the light comes into the world, the Word made flesh, and we spread that Word and share it. The Word that changes cultures, changes hearts. And ultimately, you know, prepares us for the kingdom to come. And God bless all of us, our listening audience, who have uh, been attentive, and bless uh, our archdiocese. And we remember Bishop Gettert, hmm. uh, whose funeral mass was yesterday, this great man in the archdiocese. He had two other brothers who were priests. And may his example inspire us. Amen. Amen. And the Father, the Son, the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you guys for uh, joining this talk, this chat about life. Uh, about our call to build up the culture of life. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next month. God bless. Thank you. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media. I heard mercy call my name. 
Cause he lives Amen